Hi! Welcome to the CGOB Sports Show Podcast. I hope you're ready for some football because it's coming your way on the podcast here. Doug Brown stops by to break down what has been a crazy week in Bomberland. Andrew Harris, Chris Matthews, and we haven't even gotten to the fact that they're playing in Saskatchewan Sunday, the Labor Day Classic coming up. Also, Kirk Penton, our friend from The Athletic, covers the CFL. We'll take a look at a league-wide view as we're at the halfway point of the season for most teams. And continuing our preview of the Manitoba Bison season, they take on Saskatchewan Friday. You'll hear from the coach and some of the players on their vaunted defense on the podcast. We're joined now by Doug Brown, color commentator on 680 CGOB Hall of Famer. Doug, has there been a three-day stretch leading into the Labor Day Classic that you can remember that's been this crazy? Not even close. Yeah, this has been uh, all over the place. And, and we're only a week out, too, from really that, that Nichols injury, right, where Chris Trevler had to step in. So it's just been uh, a slippery slope, and you have to hope it's just going to stop somewhere because Rome is burning, my friend, <laughs> my friend right now. And uh, uh, hopefully, you know, they, they're deep enough. Uh, they have enough depth of talent and they're resilient enough, and they can galvanize behind all this adversity and uh, come together when everyone is counting them out in the Labor Day Classic. Let's just start with the news of the day, Doug. Your thoughts on Chris Matthews being released? You know, in my mind, this is uh, this comes down to a situation where you have uh, an offensive coordinator with a scheme, and uh, he expects his players, I think, to fit the scheme as opposed to adjusting uh, his scheme to fit a player's talents. I think Chris Matthews has some exceptional talents. I, I think uh, having a big target, big receiver, guy with an enormous catch radius and, and big playability like Chris Matthews was something this offense was missing for a number of years. Um, however, I think uh, essentially what happened here is uh, you asked a, a square peg to try and fit into a round hole, and that didn't work for Chris Matthews, uh, you know, he has his, his talents and I guess, uh, you know, fitting into that offensive uh, system and scheme and, and uh, doing exactly what was, you know, prescribed in that regard, as opposed to, um, you know, having uh, an offense tweaked to maximize his talents and minimize his deficiencies. I think that's where it came to a crossroads and that's why uh, we're seeing what happened today. Now, I know there are comparisons being made to what happened with Adarius Bowman last year. Same kind of idea. He's brought in, released, or not released, he was traded midseason, but this situation, a release. But Matthews is younger, and I believe yeah. that there's definitely the expectation that he'd be more of an impact player for this team, no? Yeah, I don't I don't like that comparison at all because Adarius Bowman was at the end of his career, and I don't think Chris Matthews, if he chooses to continue, is, is anywhere close to it. Um, so, you know, Adarius just, I, I, I just don't find them really comparable other than the fact that they were, you know, both much heralded players and they both got released. But, you know, they're at very different crossroads and very different stages of their career. Uh, they both had uh, much different problems and, and, and issues in terms of uh, their performances on the football field. So I'm not, I'm not vibing with that one. But, uh, you know, the big, the big concern right now, um, you know, Chris Matthews, where, where does he end up and uh, does it come back to haunt this football team or not? Because I just think he's an exceptional talent. That's been my evaluation of him since he was a rookie with the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. He was rookie of the year since I saw him play in the Super Bowl, uh, since I saw him play for Calgary. 
you know, it's funny. People are like, well, he didn't look like a good receiver this year. Well, you know, that's not necessarily always on a player. You can be in a scheme that makes you look better than you are, and you can be caught up in a scheme that makes you look a lot worse than you really are. And uh, I think uh, he's a guy that was underappreciated and underutilized in this offense. Well, the reality is you look at the stats, right? Winnipeg is not a pass-heavy team. They're a run-heavy team. They rank near the bottom of the league in passing yards per game. Andrew Harris, by a large margin, has 46 receptions this season. Lucky Whitehead has 33, Nick Dembski 24. Those top three players are either running backs or slot backs, smaller guys, that yeah. and the passes are shorter generally. Then you've got Wolitarski with 22, Adams 20, Lawler 16, and then Matthews with 12. And that, like you said, that's just the nature of this offense. That It was a good name to add, but in hindsight, maybe it was never really a good fit. Yeah, you know, and we did see him. It's funny, when Lucky Whitehead uh, caught a wide receiver screen and a little hitch pass there and and took it to the house, you know, guess who was out in front of him making a a critical block to launch him on that play? That was Chris Matthews. It wasn't that he didn't buy in and stuff. He just, you know, the the offense they were running didn't accentuate or or maximize or, or, or tailor to what his talents were. They tried to make him something, I think, that he, that he wasn't. And as you just laid out for us, it, it really it makes you wonder whether there's a place for, uh, you know, a big, a big, bigger target, really tall guy, um, you know, as opposed to these fleet-footed, smaller players uh, that have uh, different strengths and, and different levels of quickness, I guess, in small area. So the, the fear, I guess, and you mentioned this, is... He signs with Saskatchewan and he, you know, catches a critical touchdown pass in a playoff game. It could happen, but I guess the Bombers are going to have to live with this one. And hearing what they had to say today, Darvin Adams is coming back. They would have had to move someone off the roster. They've already made clear they like Kenny Lawler. He's been on there before Chris Matthews earlier in the season. Instead of putting him on the practice roster, they just gave him his release. Is that from a player standpoint, something you look at and say, okay, we like him, but we don't want to just bury him on the practice roster. So we're going to give him a chance to play somewhere else. Yeah. I mean, as a player, you don't have to accept going onto the practice roster either. Right. So, uh, you know, who knows whether they actually floated that to him or not, but uh, you know, as a player of his standing, uh, I don't think he would spend one minute, one second on a CFL uh, practice roster. So I have an expectation that, you know, if his uh, asking price is, is right, he will, uh, he will be picked up in in short order. So, yeah, he's he's just uh, you know the, whether you're. I, I have a hard time believing the 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 narrative that they're doing a player a favor when uh, he's being cut exactly one week before uh, salaries are guaranteed for the rest of the year. So, um, people say, yeah, it's you know business decision, uh, cost saving measure, uh, cost saving measure. But if uh, if Guys started getting hurt in the in the um, in the wide receiver spots or slot spots for first pass catchers later on in this in this year. They could really, you know, that kind of depth having him in the rotation, you know, trying to find ways to give him the football. This could really. The funny thing too is is last year when he came back from the NFL, they had an opportunity to sign him. They didn't. Calgary signed him. Uh, he played uh, some pretty inspired football against Winnipeg. And uh, helped Calgary do what they they did and uh, win a Grey Cup. And then uh, round two, they finally got an opportunity. They got him, and 
here he is being released again. So you just have to hope that scenario does not unfold the same way once yet again. So this has been definitely a, an adversity-filled last few weeks for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, and yet they're still 8-2. and two. They're on their backup yeah. quarterback. They're going to be on a backup running back. They cut Chris Matthews today. I guess if they were ever going to break the drought, it was never going to be easy, right? Yeah, you, all, you know, if you want to be a silver lining guy, you want to look on the bright side of all this. They still have an excellent kicker. So who knows? Maybe maybe Medlock will go ten for ten on Labor Day uh, Sunday. But it's just it's you know you're like okay your best passer Nichols is gone your best runner Harris is gone your best pass catcher Harris is gone one of your better receivers that was being underutilized Chris Matthews is gone and uh, you're just like you know where do they go from here how do they compete in the Labor Day Classic There's a couple things going on first of all Saskatchewan's quarterback in my mind this is still backup versus backup. So this is Strebler versus Fajardo, and, uh, you know, neither one of them is an established starter, even though we're, you know, I guess Cody's got nine games or something. I was going to say, they're six and three. Yeah, yeah, but it doesn't, you know, you can't, I don't say anybody's arrived before they've even played a complete season in the CFL. I think think that's premature. So it's still backup versus backup. It's still number two versus number two from, you know, the start of the year depth charts. And then, you know, sometimes in a scenario like this where all the chips are down against your football team and everybody is counting you out and, you know, that us against the world mentality, it can really galvanize your football team. Uh, the guys can really come together. You know, if they feel Andrew got jobbed or they're upset about Matthew, all that emotion and stuff can, can really rally your football team sometimes. And, and when everybody counts you out, right, that's when you end up with a Rocky Butler type performance that Saskatchewan saw against us a long time ago on their Labor Day Classic. Anything can happen in that game. And so I think it's, I think the Winnipeg Football Club is still very deep. They have some talented players that, that will be inserted. Um, it's just with the number of these things happening and then going on, it just gets harder and harder uh, to think that, you know, they have as good of a chance as they did two weeks ago, you know, looking prospectively at this game. They got their work cut out for them, but, you know, anything can happen uh, down there at the Classic. Finally, the man that's been such a big part of their success lately, he's named Player of the Week, Player of the Month, Willie Jefferson. He's going up against the team he just played for in Saskatchewan. How wired is he going to be going back into that building on Sunday? Well, you know, it really depends, and, and only Willie really knows the answer to this. It depends on, you know, his exit from from Saskatchewan. You know, what how uh, was it good natured? Was it, was this a scenario where, you know, he got to free agency and, you know, he was just going to be a mercenary. He just wanted to go to the highest bidder. I'm not sure. I mean, I'm one of the, the happiest people that he got out of Saskatchewan that he didn't extend or, or sign a new deal with the Rough Riders, but uh, only he and, and the general manager of Saskatchewan know exactly why he was not extended, whether he wouldn't accept the money, whether he wanted to see what was going to be out there for him, whether he didn't like the venue, the environment he was in. Who knows? But I think we'll get the answer to that question on Sunday when you see you know, how motivated and how uh, fired up he is for this game because, uh, like I said, if they left on bad terms, then that's something that definitely can, can inspire and motivate a player but if it was just a business decision, you know, he's probably going to be happy and saying hello to all the players. And, you know, uh, some of the fans will probably be even appreciating, you know, the talent that they had for a while. But I just can't even – it's hard for any Winnipeg football observer to even fathom 
you know, giving up a player of that kind of talent. I haven't seen anybody like him since Cameron Wake, literally in in the CFL, and it. Uh, it blows your mind that Saskatchewan parted ways with him. Absolutely. Well, they're happy to have him here. Doug Brown, thanks for your time, buddy. Thanks for having me on, my friend. Good talking to you. We are joined on the line by Kirk Penton, who covers the CFL for The Athletic. Kirk, how are you doing? Your summer's almost over. I know, but it's uh, it's been a good summer. It's been an entertaining summer, especially on the football field and, uh, and off it, I guess, as well. Yeah, this has been a, a crazy week for at least the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, for sure. Yeah. Do you remember any, I asked this to Bob Irving earlier in the week, he couldn't, but do you remember any kind of drug case like this, this high profile in the CFL? Oh, definitely not. No, I mean, I think Marcus Thigpen was probably the the one who was the, uh, the most well-known person who got uh, busted previously, and the fact that the guy, Andrew Harris, was the, you know, he's the leading candidate for most outstanding mm-hmm. player in this league. I don't think there's too many people who would argue that. And I cannot recall this ever happening. So it is a unique situation, that's for sure. And it's uh, it's going to be interesting to see how it all plays out. Does this take him out of the running for that award? That's a good question. I mean, that's, that's kind of what I asked in my column today was, where does it go from here? Now, just kind of being being out here, being outside of Manitoba, you just get the sense like people who don't normally talk about the CFL with me were were talking to me today about Andrew Harris. And obviously it wasn't that they believed him. You know what I mean? Like everybody outside of Manitoba is, uh, is not on Andrew Harris's side. They just, I was suspended for two games and because he got pinched uh, in a drug test. So uh, in that sense, I think, that his MOP chances did take a big hit with, with this uh, revelation. I really think that, um, well, I mean... He has to miss two games too, public, right? What's that? He has to miss two games too, which doesn't help. Yeah, that's true. But, I mean, <laughs> you look at his lead. But then mm-hmm. when you look at his lead, and he could still very well be leading. I mean, I think C.J. Gable needs almost 200 yards uh, during this span to catch him. And, right. uh, you know, people will then look at that and say, oh, well no wonder Andrew Harris was ahead. Right. So it's kind of that. I think people who aren't around Andrew Harris and, and, you know, I've been around him forever. I covered him playing high school hockey, I think back in the days or, you know, or covering high school football back in the days uh, for the sun there. And you kind of know who he is. You've got to know him over the years. And when you know somebody who does this and you know how hard he's worked and you know what he had to go through to get to where he is, that part of you says, Maybe he's right, but then with every person who's ever been busted, it's like, yeah, right, buddy. Like, you didn't mm-hmm. know what you were putting in your body. So I, re- I really think that uh, he might get a, he might get the vote still out of Winnipeg, but I really think it's going to be tough for him to uh, to get that vote uh, outside, of, uh, outside of Manitoba. So perhaps other than this recent Andrew Harris development, what has been at the halfway point? Every team has played nine games. So some, many of them have played ten. What yeah. has been maybe the biggest surprise for you at the halfway point of the CFL season? Well, I think based on what I predicted going in, it would have to be the BC Lions. I think I thought they would win 10 games this year. I had no idea that their offensive line would be as terrible as it is. I thought they had more than enough talent on that roster to get it done, but uh, I've been proven wrong uh, weekly. <laughs> You're not the only one. <laughs> no, I know. I, it's just surprising. I mean, Mike... Uh, I don't know if there's any evidence of me 
saying this, but I, I've, I've always been of the belief that Bo Levi Mitchell is better than Mike Riley. And some people fought me on that and maybe it's still not proven. Maybe Mike Riley is just not getting a chance to be Mike Riley, but um, I really thought they would be better than, than what they're doing. And uh, just the hits that he keeps taking, he, you know, it reminds me almost of Drew Willie when he was in mm. Winnipeg, the hits that he took and how Willie became just a shell of his former self because of all the abuse he took. And then they finally replaced him with Matt Nichols. And we all know how that has turned out. But it's uh, that's that's the most surprising thing for me. And then Montreal would be second. Um, we didn't think they had put together a very good team, although I think it had been discussed. Uh, you know, I've said it on radio a few times this year about how the talent that they brought in the off season on defense was, was pretty good. And, and it's looking good. I, nobody predicted that Vernon Adams would turn into the guy that he is uh, so far this year. So Montreal and BC would be my, uh, would be my two biggest surprises so far at the midway point. As we go into this Labor Day classic, you surprised to see that Winnipeg, Saskatchewan are one, two in the West. A little bit. I've always been a believer in Calgary, although, you know, no Bo Levi Mitchell, I think, uh, is a big reason why they're five and four. But Nick Arbuckle hasn't exactly performed too badly. Winnipeg being uh, among the top two is not a surprise. You know, they had uh, they had continued to build after last season. And uh, I guess I figured Calgary would be up there with them again, just based on how they keep getting the job done. But uh, Saskatchewan, you know, <laughs> they were going into the season with Zach Kalaros and Cody Fajardo. So I don't think too many people predicted that they would be putting up the points that they're putting up. And uh, they would, they would also be considered in the uh, surprise category, I would say as well. So Winnipeg, yes, Saskatchewan, no, but uh, here they are going into uh, the Labor Day classic. It, uh, it's, it's, it's all, I don't know. Thinking back to all this stuff that's happened this week, you know, Chris Matthews getting released and, and the Andrew Harris, they got, it seems like Labor Day weekend, just oh, there's always something happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, leading up to it so it's uh, it just adds to the drama that's for sure yeah first versus second would be big enough in this rivalry but the fact that right. you add in all that uncertainty for the blue bombers in a place that they almost never win in right. regina right. and heaven forbid the winnipeg blue bombers win on sunday i don't think there's any <laughs> doubt that you'd look at them and say they're the great cup favorites no yeah i mean if they win that game then that proves that defense can get anything done right i mean depending of course on how they win right i assume the only way they're going to win is through defense and yeah. special teams considering they won't have harrison nichols right so uh they looked pretty sharp last week mm-hmm. uh, in edmonton you know they still edmonton still piled up the uh, the yardage but couldn't get in the end zone so you got to give that defense credit for that and uh you know if they can get it done then yes i mean there isn't really a team this year that's you know, that looks bulletproof, right? Right. Calgary, obviously not anymore. They, they have, Calgary has lost. You can tell that they're not quite the same team they were on defense, even though they haven't given up like the big play. I know that was a, a stat that was making the rounds there a couple of weeks ago. They hadn't given up like a big rushing player, a big passing play all year, but they're still not as good as they are. Hamilton has Dane Evans at quarterback. Um, he's going to take some time to, to really find his rhythm. Montreal is, you know, still susceptible. So there's all these teams that aren't that solid. So if Winnipeg can just keep doing what it's doing and then get back Andrew Harris and get back Matt Nichols, because, you know, even though I'm not the biggest Matt Nichols fan, he's still their best quarterback. 
And uh, yeah, if they can get through this and remain in first place, then uh, then look out. Obviously, Hamilton, we thought going into the season would be the best team in the East, Montreal second. Are you surprised at how far Ottawa's fallen off or was the QB success at the start of the season really a mirage? Well, yeah, I mean, going into the season, you didn't think they were going to do much based on the vast amount of talent that they lost. And Dominique Davis wins in week one in Calgary, despite turning the ball over four times. Um, And you're just kind of left shaking your head, but that uh, that situation has balanced itself out now. They just they just don't really have a hope with with that roster. That's all there is, and uh, it's uh, it's interesting to see Montreal. And if Montreal has a very good chance, I think, to make a run at first place. You know, Dane Evans has got the job done so far, but um, you know, Vernon Adams is doing magical things. Some of those throws he made uh, in Moncton on Sunday. Yeah. You know, Kahari Jones what a story that is too. I mean, he's just looking like a pure leader there and everybody looks like they're just playing so hard for him. So in that sense, you know, I think, I think I predict, I might have predicted Toronto to finish second. I thought they had enough talent, but I don't know why I did that. (laughs) And now, and now it's Montreal and, and I would not be surprised in the least Montreal has a definite shot to, uh, to finish first in the East division. So, yeah, I think we, Right now, you know, we're it's week 12 coming up, but I think we know the six yep. playoff teams in the CFL. Yep. It's just a matter of who finishes where. And really, that's ultimately a huge deal because the teams that win the divisions almost always end up going to the Grey Cup in recent years. So for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, do you think they have enough right now to hold on to first place and host the West Final? Well, as of now, I, like, I, really, I really think that the Riders are going to sweep these next two games and uh and then be in first place but then you know harris will return and he won't be happy and he'll be feeling better his body will be feeling good and uh and then eventually nichols will return but i don't know i mean this this little blip here that people are foreseeing with all this talent missing could be the difference right like saskatchewan winnipeg has a tough tough schedule yeah um Saskatchewan's is not that bad. Saskatchewan still has some pretty easy teams to play. And and Edmonton, as poorly as they played in the red zone last week against the Bombers, uh, their defense is good enough to go on quite a run, too. The West Division is outstanding. Like, this is one of the most entertaining West Divisions I can remember since I started covering this league 20 years ago almost now. It's, I mean, these guys, anybody, any of those four teams could win it. I'm not counting out Calgary either. I mean, no. Winnipeg could step back here. Calgary, Bull Levi Mitchell, doesn't sound like he'll be back this week, but you know, soon enough he'll be back, and and then it's it's anybody's ball game. So, no, I, I right now I would not say that Winnipeg is that team just yet. Uh, I'm not exactly going out on a limb here and you know making a prediction, but it's just it's I don't know. It could be any of. It could, it really could be any of them. And that's the beauty of the CFL. Kirk Benton, always appreciate your time. All right, Christian, have a good night. Manitoba Bison's football team is ranked third in the six-team Canada West Conference heading into the 2019 season. No surprise that Calgary was the unanimous choice in the coaches' poll. They went 8-0 last season before they were stunned in the Hardy Cup by Saskatchewan, who was ranked second. That is who the Bisons begin the season against Friday at IG Field. I'll be there.
doing the C Jimmy Sports Show live from the stadium. Heading into the game, had the chance to talk to head coach Brian Doby. So another season of Bison's football about to get underway. Must be an exciting time. Absolutely, it it always is. It's like Groundhog Day, and and then suddenly it's there. Right? You know, you you begin training camp and. It goes by so quickly, and uh, and then suddenly the opening game is is here, and um, yeah, I'm speaking for our whole coaching staff, and I'm sure for all our players, we're really excited to to finally you know get out of the gate and and uh, test ourselves out against uh, against what I think is the team to beat in Canada West, University of Saskatchewan. They're the defending champs. I know Calgary's usually the team to beat, but the fact that they have the hardware, I guess, makes them the team to beat? Uh, for sure it does. I think you you, uh, you you should get what you earn, and uh, they've earned that. And, and of course, you know, we're not going to forget about Calgary. Uh, we play them in game two on the road, so, so it's, it's back-to-back against, uh, against the top two teams. Uh, but that, that will tell a lot. Uh, win, lose, or draw, that will tell a lot in terms of, in terms of how we play, how we respond to things. Uh, you know, and, and the, of course the, the problem with this, it's not the CFL. We're not playing 18 football games. We're, we're playing eight. And it is critical that, that you get off to a good start over your first two or three games because uh, catch-up comes pretty pretty hard and fast in an eight-game schedule. So it's important we come out and we play well on, on Friday night against the, the University of Saskatchewan Huskies. What's the strength of this year's team? Well, I think it starts with our defense for sure. Our defensive line is, uh, you know, I think pretty loaded. I'm putting pressure on them right now with that statement, but I do. Um, heck, we had four defensive linemen drafted in the CFL last year. Uh, you know, three of those guys are back. They, they returned from their CFL camps and, and shot back to us. Um, we've got really good players in that, in that whole group, really good depth. Uh, and and without a good defensive line, you're pretty helpless in the back end. Uh, you know, however, we are very strong in the defensive line. Uh, we like our defensive secondary. We think we've got a lot of really good athletes, some really good experience, and guys like R.J. Shelley and and uh, you know and, and Steph Conway. Of course, Shea Weeks is an all Canadian. Players like that, uh, and and a really competitive group of linebackers. So um, our defense is should be the strength of our team then you, you flip it to the other side and it starts with our quarterback des catelier who's who had a great east west bowl um this year in may he's a, a training camp with Saskatchewan rough riders he's a fourth year quarterback fourth year starting quarterback on a can west team uh that that should say a lot of things he's where he needs to be in our program every team waits for their first and second year quarterbacks to get all growed up and become fourth and fifth year players that's when they should do their their most damage and and we have high expectations uh of of des so is this the best team you've had in a bit then i i think it is uh you know we'll offense will be a bit of an adventure coming out of the gates we've lost some key offense alignment <laughs> uh, we've got a great group of running backs in, in logan fisher and and michael rashad and and uh, Victor St. Pierre. Um, but, you know, we took some hits in the offensive line. There's some question marks. And we took a huge amount of hits at receiver. We, we lost four guys. In fact, all four of them 
went went to CFL camps. Uh, you tell me the last time a team in the country, I'm sure it's happened, but we're, we're four uh, starters from one positional area went in in the same year went to uh, to CFL training camps. Uh, that happened here at Manitoba. We lost all four of those receivers um, either to the CFL or through graduation, regardless. So. Uh, that's an area of, you know, you can tell I've got some concern about. We'll, we'll see how that all turns out. Yeah, you just had a preseason game in Regina, very low scoring, which shows kind of everything you just said. Your defense is good and there might be some struggle to score points. Is there anything really to glean, though, from one preseason game? Well, that's a yes and no answer. And even by the tone of your question, you get it as well. Uh, yeah, you want to you want to check out your depth. I mean, we most of our starters played a quarter quarter and a half and then we were able to take a really good look at some of the young guys or players that were wondering what kind of step they've took up in terms of being veterans from last year to this year so there's a lot of a lot of value you see certain things when the bullets are flying against an opponent against a real opponent um you know we we know we've got our work cut out for us we do um you know we think we've got a good football team we just are uncertain in a couple of areas and if those areas come through I think we can be right there in, in the in the serious mix um, you know it's it's an old adage whether it literally holds true or not you know you're only as strong as your weakest link I don't know that that necessarily reigns true but um, but in our situation it's something we certainly are focusing on well, good luck this week and uh, good luck this season thank you much appreciated continuing our preview of the Bison's football team the defense expected to be huge this year that starts with fifth year lineman Derek Dufault who has tallied 78 and a half tackles and seven and a half sacks in his Bison's career the Winnipeg native also went to training camp with the Hamilton Tiger Cats in May I talked to him about all this going into your fifth year what's different now compared to maybe your first year as a Bison um well obviously like skill level and stuff like that you know working with your coaches for five years really really helps and stuff like that. But also I want to be more like on a, a leader on the D-line and on the team as general. And hopefully I can help some of the rookies move into their roles as I am getting out. So, How did your CFL training camp experience maybe change your outlook on the season? Um, I don't think it changed the outlook on the season that much. But as a player, I mean, I definitely learned a lot out there to do with hustle. And you know, I was always chasing every play down and being tactically sound. So. That helped me with the, the season coming up. Was it an eye-opening experience? Uh, yeah, definitely. Because um, you don't really have, you don't really know what to expect when you go out there, right? But when I did get out there, you know, everyone, everyone is very professional and they, they know what they're doing. They got their jobs to do, and you know, it's it's very sound. Did it give you the idea like, oh, I can do this, or I've got a lot of work to do still? I think I can do this. That's kind of what, what I got when I went out there. Um, I like putting that extra work, and I like trying to be the best I possibly can. And I think in the CFL, that's what the coaches want out of you, and that's what they help facilitate to get out of you. So, what do you think of the Bison's team? I think it's a really good team. I think it's one of the best teams we have we've had in a while. Um, Coach Dobie already said most of it, but you know our defense. We have a stellar D line. We have so much depth at linebacker and lots of vets from DBs and of course offense we have Dez, all those running backs and linemen receivers that uh, Coach Dobie already touched upon so I think it'll be a really good season for us. And the fact that you get to start against the defending champs, is that a good thing? 
I think so. I think even even still, one year later, they're still probably a very good team, and uh, it'll be good to where we stack up against them. And being from Winnipeg, how important is it to kind of go out on a high note for you? Um, yeah, I mean, that's kind of part of the reason why I wanted to commit to University of Manitoba five years ago, right? It's because it's your hometown that you want to represent. And going to my fifth year, that doesn't change now. I want to still represent and go in there and hopefully win a Hardy, win a Vanier. And defensive back Shea Weeks will also play a big role. All-Canadian last year, third-year player from San Adolfo, will be one of the leaders of his unit. I've been hearing a lot about the defense and the strength of the defense. Do you feel like that's the strength of the team? I really do. Um, we basically have an unchanged defensive line, and I think that's huge for any team. It's a lot of older guys, a lot of people who have experience in the CIS and experience in the CanWest especially. And I think that's really huge. I mean, um, they push the envelope and run game. They're the first people to be there. And in the pass game, they're the ones that speed up the delivery of the quarterback and make it easier on the back end to make plays on the ball. So I think that's going to be a really big thing for our team this year is our defense. And how does that change your role in the secondary when the pass rush is getting after the quarterback? I think it makes us a little bit more relaxed and a little bit uh, we're able to sit back a little bit more as as weird as that may sound the faster they get there the more you can sit back because then you're reacting you're not worried about deep routes developing you're not worried about the quarterback scrambling you're just you're kind of sitting back you're letting them make their decisions and then you're just reacting to it expecting that either he's going to be sacked or the ball is going to be coming out really quick and I think that it makes it a lot easier and it makes you really excited to get out on the field. So you can look for some balls to pick off? As much as I'd love to say yes, I know my coach would get on me for it. I think our big thing this year, I think, as he said, is we're looking for more so sacks than interceptions this year. Interceptions are huge, and as a defensive back, you always look for them. You always want to get them. But at the same time, I think with our defense and the way it's set up, the more sacks we get, that's when you know that we're being a successful team. How do you describe yourself as a defender? I like to say I'm an aggressive defender in the sense of I love I love ball hawking. I get in trouble sometimes looking back at the ball but and looking back at the quarterback, but I love being a lockdown halfback I love the pressure of having somebody across from you and just imposing your will and being able to cover them and at the same time getting in the box and hitting I, I enjoy doing that as well it's it's a it's the joy of playing defense you get to do what you want to another player and there's really nothing they can do about it if you're doing your job well how do you view your role on this team as one of the veterans I think it's it's a big change. We had uh, fifth year in Jade McCoy playing safety last year, and I was able to kind of take a back seat and just kind of watch him as a leader and see what he did. And now this year being one of the older guys on the defense and in the defensive backfield, I think it's a big thing just to be more vocal. I think I've always wanted to have my play do my talking, but I also know that this year I have to be very vocal with the defense. I have to be vocal, especially with the secondary, because we have a lot of young guys in that group. And... Um, it's, it's their first time. Some of them, are, our safety is going to be his first time seeing action. And it's going to be huge for us to just communicate with him and make sure that it's as easy as possible to transition for him. From what I've been hearing, it sounds like the expectations for this team are probably the highest they've been since you've been here. Do you agree with that? I think so. I think um, as a team, we've looked at our last season and three and five, I don't think was indicative of how we were as a team. I think you look at it, we lose by two points to Sask in week two. We lose two games in overtime. Very easily, we could have been a six and two team. And as much as nobody wants to look back and say, well, what if we look at it as what can we do to improve on that? Because we are right there. We're right there from being a top team in the country and a top team in the Can West. And I think that that really has us excited for this coming year. And to start against maybe the two best teams in the Canada West, Saskatchewan and Calgary, that must be good to at least know right away where you sit. For sure. I mean, we're going against the conference champs, and um, 
that in and of itself is always a big deal. You look at Calgary, they're always in the Hardy Cup final. And I think that we've played them tough. And I think a big thing for us is just that we have to be a unit. And I think that will solve everything else. We have the individuals, we have the pieces to be a good team. We just need to be a unit. Okay, well, good luck this year. Appreciate it. Thank you. Tune in to the CGOB Sports Show weeknights from 7 to 9 with me, Christian O'Mell. Or you can download the podcast on iTunes. It's actually on iTunes now. Wow. If you got an Android, then I think you're out of luck. But Apple products, you're good. So listen to the podcast. Please subscribe. You can rate it. What's the worst that could happen?